Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Well, there we are. Thank you for joining us, tuning right in. As we both said when we joined this session together, this is a long time coming for so many reasons. It's my guest you see right there. It is Kristen Olson. Uh, we we're also just saying that to Google Kristen is a little bit of a challenge. You have to get the right one. Half of her namesake are uh, in, in, in sports, in politics, or in jail, but not this one. I think this one actually is in sports, right, Kristen? You have some yes. history in sports, but that is not why we're here today. First of all, welcome to the show. It's so good to finally be jiving with you here. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. I'm excited to uh, have this conversation and share the energy on this beautiful Tuesday. Well, thank you. Um, one of the things I want to start with is, my goodness, you are you're one of our uh, amazing consistent players when it comes to pod max of course you're no stranger to the podcast space which is why i guess you keep returning and we keep asking uh for those uh watching visually you see that she's all kinds of branded her show which is award uh award nominated recently it is turmeric and tequila and you just hear the title. Like, I remember the first time I heard the title. It, um, it gets attention, which I think is a good step one. Uh, tell us about the show, first of all. What's this title mean? What is it? Why that? It's just so intriguing. Well, it, it's funny because KO Alliance is my uh, consulting firm, and we do all things marketing and branding. Uh, so when I put together this, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer as far as, like, marketing. We didn't do a whiteboard or anything like that. It was just, like, exactly what it is because my world as, you know, uh, a professional and loving health and wellness and fitness, and then on the flip side, loving fun, loving tequila, loving, you know, social energy and um, you know, dance party and all the craziness. It was like the perfect marrying of, you know, this, this wonderful juxtaposition of turmeric and anti-inflammatory and then tequila and inflammatory. So it's so cool. all about balance. So, so cool. I also said, um, I, I have to get to the bottom of this. We've been doing our PodMax events. We were doing them last year in person, as you know, and then something happened. I don't remember what, where we really couldn't do them in person anymore. I'll have to look at my notes. But then we went virtually, uh, and that's really, honestly, have been working out um, to our to our favor, really. Least of which, we not only met you, you not only uh, came on uh, when we first did it, now we've done uh, a big handful of them. But my goodness, 
you keep returning and you keep helping us help you and vice versa. What's so attractive about coming back to our PodMax events? Uh, well, I, I think I say this every single time, every time we're on. Um, you guys have, obviously, your pros in the business, and I'm still newer to the podcast game, so it's been wonderful for me to surround myself uh, around the, the, be the best in the business. And just the general energy and the, and the humans you guys attract that come out to PodMax have been such a wonderful uh, experience every single time. Obviously, it makes for great podcasts and conversations. But in general, it's, just, it's a really good human connection point, not to sound too cliche, when we are all locked down and whatnot. So to have these digital conferences, have meaningful conversation and have, uh, be around people that are, you know, questioning a better way, trying to do things a little bit different and, you know, stay connected in a disconnected time. I really appreciate that. Your byline on some of your profiles lists you as human athlete and creative. And within the first few minutes here, you used the word human a couple of times. It's almost like you've uh, got some sort of trademark on it. And you list it right here. You lead with it. Human, athlete, creative. How fascinating is that? Why? What is, I mean, yeah, clearly we're all human, right? So, so what is your, your, your desire to lead with that and highlight the human aspect of what we're all doing here? Uh, well, again, within the marketing and branding space, you see, uh, I'm fortunate to work with some really incredible people and companies, and most of them, uh, if not all of them at this point, are mission-driven, and we're intentional at K Alliance about that, wanting to work with people and companies like that. Uh, but a lot of, you know, people companies, missions, they forget that you're a human being first. And in this world where we're, you know, we, we're coming from this old school space where it's very, the company's disconnected from the humanized side. So it's, you know, it's very polished. It's very clean. You know, now in 2020, it's important to show that human side. Our young people are consuming way different than they ever have before. They're way more dialed into, you know, transparency. They know how to research stuff. It's things that you would never be able to see, you know, 20 years ago. Now, you know, our 18-year-olds are looking at where the company came from, who's behind it, what their goals are, what charities they work with, uh, everything. So I, I think it's important to embrace that really human side. And obviously, you know, people try and describe themselves. But before anything, we are all human. And hmm. and I don't know why. I actually just started saying that. People say, why don't you just say person? And <laughs> Oh, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah. The more I thought about it, I'm like, but human is I'm like a more three-dimensional, all-encompassing thing that we all are again like turmeric and tequila i'm not just an athlete i'm not just this and we come from a lot of you know corporate marketing space things that kind of construct our realities uh into like this very black and white cut and dry scenario and that's not it so yeah. human to me is like an all-encompassing situation that we all are yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's intriguing, and uh, I, I absolutely adore it. Um, you said that um, it's all about being able to show that human side. For the entrepreneur tuning in, can you give us a little bit of a checklist that we could look to see if we are or currently are not showing that human side? Sure. I, I don't have like an official checklist, of but I, I keep it really simple. You know, in like a, our initial branding conversations are, you know, it's always, what are your goals? Who, who's your target audience? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but a, a real quick exercise just to pull back and say, is my story a part of the business's story? Meaning, do I feel okay talking about like KO Alliance, for example, and then sharing my journey, why I put this company together, why I'm doing it, why it's personal to me and leaning into some of those more personal stories, because again, people, and let's just say consumers, um, they want to know who you are, who's behind it, what's going on. And 
that's a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of older, more traditional companies. But you see some of these big guys out there, you know, Johnson and Johnson and Pepsi and Gatorade, they're starting to humanize the brand a little bit more and show who's behind it, talk about personal stories, share their, you know, charity journey or what they're doing philanthropically philanthropically it's uh, some of it can be strategic as you know marketing but in general we always encourage companies to share the why 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 you're here what you're doing what you're coming from so people can see it's not just something that i'm you know slanging to you it's this is the person behind it and this is why we did it even if it's you know we did this because we found the best margins in this consumer package good okay Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that that's less than you know i started this company because my kid had diabetes and there was no good food for them to eat but at least you can tell the truth yeah, and uh, we're talking to entrepreneurs, but you brought in corporate executives, CEOs, big business owners. I can verify and validate that. This very moment, Eric and I find ourselves more often than not talking to and finding ourselves in front of corporate executives and big CEOs that are sort of coming forward and saying, I want to do what you guys are doing. I'm ready for it. So they're beginning to self-identify. Initially, the trap was thinking, nah, they don't, they're not into, in, in, into this. They don't want it. They don't need it. But times have changed. It's changing. Yeah. it's. I, I, I'm, I've said this out for a couple of years, but particularly with podcasting and understanding and having like a, a real live tangible audience that you work with on the regular, it's super powerful stuff. And it's, and it's genuine. I mean, people can see who you are and what you're doing quite literally, but then now, you know, with old school companies, and I, I say that with grace, um, they're, they're scrambling. They're saying, you know, how can we get involved with this? And it's mm-hmm. such an exciting time for people like us, because we've been doing this for a minute. We are, you know, kind of on the trendsetting tip of what's next. And now these big guys are guys and girls, I mean, um, Uh, are coming in saying, you know, how do we get involved? And, you know, if you've been doing it for, you know, a year or two or five years, you're so far ahead of the game. There's so much opportunity for startups, for people on the ground level in social media and podcasting um, that, you know, these, these big, huge corporate situations, which are usually big dollars. uh, And that's can sometimes be a double-edged sword. I actually really like my startups more, but you know, they always have less budget than the big dogs. Um, But it's an exciting time for people out there, for entrepreneurs, anyone in casting, anyone in social media, stuff's moving and and the big dogs with the big dollars are paying attention. You clearly strike me as somebody who has a lot of positive energy. Before we went on the air, we were talking about a milestone birthday for you coming up uh, towards the end of next month. Uh, So probably in about three or four weeks but then you made a comment about the way you celebrate all of your birthdays. Tell me about that. <laughs> yes, the big four O is coming up, which kind of blows my mind. But um, and does it? Are, yeah, I mean, I kind of like. I, you think about yourself at like, let's say a fifty is like a half marker. You're thinking like you're almost close to like half your life. So I'm thinking like, damn, have I done like most like important stuff yet? Like I've got a picture of Harriet Tubman, one of my favorite heroes of all time, sitting in front of me, and I'm like man, have I done important mm. things yet? Like we're, we're getting to close to 50. Like, I don't know. That's my thought process. But um, to answer your question, I, I love birthdays. I've always celebrated them. Uh, I'm not a super like, oh, I'm getting old. What am I going to do? Uh, so I'm excited. But I, I do kind of celebrate them all like their milestone birthdays just because. I don't know. I've just always loved birthdays. One of the things I know you speak about is the fact that reality is nothing more than applied meaning. I appreciate that. I, I embrace that. I'd love to hear your take on that. Well, that is, I mean, anyone that's, 
you know, lean into any old school philosophy, um, Socrates or, you know, any one of them, that's kind of the breakdown that, you know, they philosophy break down what is the meaning of life and what we're doing. And, you know, regardless of which way you put it, when you compare it to branding, it's very similar. So, uh, you know, I call this microphone because society says it's a microphone and it's a chair because <clears throat> that's what we learned to speak and what have you. So very simply said, it's, you know, everything in front of us is essentially made up. Um, and I started the podcast because I was doing all this branding and marketing with, you know, big companies, small companies, notable influencers, you know, less known ones, what have you. But I saw a real lack of transparency in what was going on. And as a marketer, as a kind of like a gatekeeper of how some of these companies are getting in front of our young people, um, I felt a deep responsibility. And then seeing on the flip side how much our young people are consuming media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. I mean, it's 24-7 of consumption. It's something that, you know, we didn't grow up with. So it's a whole new, you know, way of living for even for us. But I saw how much it was, you know, being consumed and then, you know, working with some of these influencers. And for an example, if I'm working with this, you know, super healthy, fit, good looking female influencer, but then on the backside, when the camera's off, I know that she's actually struggling with an eating disorder or, you know, these are all filters. Like it's not real. Um, I felt a very deep responsibility to start talking about the truth and highlighting people that are doing things a different way. And that's why the podcast was born. I don't seek out, you know, people that have millions of followers, if they do great, but I, I really work to highlight humans that are questioning a better way that maybe don't want to be influencers, but I think it's important for our young people to say, see what other people are actually doing and what the truth is. Um, so the whole point of, you know, reality is nothing more than applied meaning. I, that's the truth. And I wanted to kind of shake up what's going on out there because there are so many smoke and mirrors still in marketing and branding. And I think it sets a really unrealistic target for our young people. And then, you know, then you get into heavier conversations around like youth suicide and, um, you know, young women, it's, it's, I think it's higher than it's ever been. And all this pressure around social media, it's, it's, it's just this moving target for our young people that isn't the truth. So we just want to start talking about it and hopefully our young people, which I have complete faith in can differentiate between, you know, really savvy marketing and what's really going on. You use the word influencer. Is that, um, has that become a dirty word or are people still aspiring to be it? Are there different definitions of it? Yeah, I don't think it's a dirty word, but it's a little bit played out at this point. I, I was telling you, I printed shirts that said influencer because at the end of the day, everyone's an influencer. If you understand how impactful your words are, whether you're a basketball coach to six-year-olds or maybe you're a, an 80-year-old grandmother and your, you know, your grandchildren listen to your every word, it's, it's not just humans that have a million followers or what have you. It's all your little actions throughout the day are impactful. So again, there's this like conscious responsibility that you need to have as a person, as a human out there. You know, if you're sharing your voice, particular people like us on the microphone, you know, we're sharing our voice. So there's a responsibility within to be honest, um, to be truthful, to be real, um, it, and to present what I hope to do, uh, present, you know, some of the best stories and best people that I can find, meaning authentic human beings question a better way. Um, so yes, I think influencer is alive and well. Uh, I think it means different things to different people, but baseline, I think everybody should embrace themselves as a human, as an influencer, because your voice and what you're doing on the daily, no matter how small of an audience is impactful. When we're talking about being the best human we can, where do we start with the barometer? How do we self-assess? Do you talk to clients about that? How do you personally <laughs> determine where you are in your day-to-day -day humanness? 
Yeah, that's a totally loaded question because on the company side, uh, we get into it a little bit, like, you know, the ethos of the company and, again, what your why is and what your goals and uh, things are. We did a little bit of human management for a while, meaning, like, with influencers and stuff, and I've, I pulled out a, of a lot of that because it was such a line of, like, consulting and therapy. <laughs> We're not licensed therapists. Like, that's not our vibe. Um, and I'm here for all life coaching, therapy, intuitives. Like, you name it, I've done it. I love all of it. I've done neuroperformance, like brain mapping, um, some really forward-thinking human optimization type things. I love all of it. Uh, that being said, we stay in our lane as far as, like, marketing branding. We like to get to the core of things, but we don't really try and unpack the depths of, you know, trauma from 50 years ago, which again, if we're telling the truth as influencers, that's part of it. Um, mm. so we actually have some strategic partners where we can help, uh, just push you in the right direction. But as far as being a human in short is are for us, it's, are you being authentic regardless of, you know, if it's jail or what have you, or, you know, whatever your story is, we don't say you have to share everything, but is it authentic? And can you share, you know, all sides of your journey? You personally come from the the athletics world, right? That is, and I'm guessing was part of your, your being, your makeup, your history. How, how does that play into your advantage to who you are today? It's because it's a big core component, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we are a collection of our experiences and I was fortunate to have, uh, an athletic family. Dad played college football. Mom was a swimmer really? and then three, three younger brothers. So got thrown into, you know, motocross and I played lacrosse in college and kind of just everything. Um, in my first company, when I got out of college was Colorado rising stars lacrosse, not as savvy and branding <laughs> as good as this, but, uh, we really just started doing all things lacrosse and the reason I started that company was because, you know, I was a white kid of privilege and lacrosse had taken me all over the world, traditionally a rich white kid sport. Um, I was fortunate my public school had that, but I hated that, you know, kids couldn't play a sport that had provided so much for me. So we flipped the script and started doing everything free and then navigated the waters of sponsorships. And that's kind of when I really learned how to do sponsorships and trading and that whole stuff. And again, this is before Instagram and whatnot, but I was a huge believer in fostering life skills through sports, particularly for our young women and understanding confidence, teamwork, and, you know, all the cliche things, but it was huge. And I, I think sports can, you know, save lives and particularly in our, you know, more urban communities or less fortunate communities. I think it's, it's a major game changer. Um, and on the flip side, you look at the Olympics, how it can bring the world together. So sports and the unity it can provide and, and, and a universal language that it really is, um, it is pretty amazing. So we're, we're major advocates of fitness and athletics and I'm very fortunate. I got to experience it at a young age. Wow. So there's no, no surprise that you said three brothers, two parents that were um, professional sports athletes in Elite. that. In, yep. What? They were collegiate athletes, not professional. Well, actually oh. my dad is a competitive CrossFitter and I guess they do get paid on some level, but nothing like NFL. <laughs> okay. Still a big part of their identity, right? Yes. Paint the picture further for us. What was life like growing up as a young child for Kristen Olsen? 
Man, I don't, you know, as I've, I, I kind of mentioned the intuitive readings and whatnot before, they're like, because I'm, I mean, I'm big on, you know, equality and not just as a feminist, but equality in uh, race, gender, socioeconomic status, um, sexual identity, you name it, like we're out here for it. And I actually think, you know, being the oldest of four and having three younger brothers was a huge piece of that because my family was great about, I got to do, you know, exposed to everything that my brothers did. But growing up, like there wasn't football for girls. Not that I really want to play football. It was more just... I couldn't, I, I couldn't, so then I, of course, wanted to. Um, but seeing, like, you know, even the expectations of growing up where I was the oldest, but my brothers were expected to, like, cut the lawn, and they just had different responsibilities. And I, I again, my parents were equal, you know, we, we got all opportunities, but there was just, like, systemic ideas of what the boys did and what the girls did. And I think that was very impacting on, you know, my mission and journey now of, wait a second, I did grow up with all this privilege and whatnot, but, you know, there were, you know, roles as we grew up that I was kind of like, wait, what's going on here? Why <laughs> I can do this better than him or they can do this better than me. Why is it a boy girl thing? Or, um, I just think being the oldest of, you know, four and that my, I had three younger brothers, very much an identity of, you know, what, what and who I am to this day. Was there any sort of expectation put on you that you recall? Actually, no. I think there was less. I always had deep expectations of myself. I mean, the second, again, I was a Midwest kid playing lacrosse. So I had to, you know, basically walk on. I had a couple scholarship offers, but I had to walk on and prove myself because no one wanted a kid from Colorado playing when, you know, out east, northeast, you know, they have all these great kids that have been playing for, you know, 10 years. Um, so I had great expectations, but my family was very kind of you know, just proud of me that they, they were good on things. I think there was more expectations for my brothers to do uh, bigger stuff. And I didn't really even see that until I got older. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I, I think I could have just, you know, done whatever. But we, we all came from athletes and stuff. So I don't think, I don't know. I was an independent kid. So regardless of what yeah. my parents were expecting, I kind of had my own zone of what I wanted. But, you know, training and wanting to be better, wanting to get recruited, that was all really big for me. So that kind of overrid any other expectations that I had, you know, externally. You, you seem today very well-adjusted, confidence, a positive flow and air and energy about you. Was that always the case? Uh, no, I think, well, anyone that's gone through middle school or high school, I don't think they can say they haven't gone through a period of like, OMG, like what's going on? Why am I, you know, why am I wearing braces and doing this or whatever? Um, no, I think I had, God, I was always a confident person because I think of sports. Um, and my family was always supportive and I really didn't have, you know, I was blessed growing up. It certainly was not, you know, a cakewalk by any means, but I was very, I was checked majorly when I tore my ACL in college and I had very much of a breakdown breakthrough of, you know, I traveled 2000 miles and this walk on kid. I had like one of the best games of my life. We actually came to Denver next game back out East tore my ACL. We lost the game, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I didn't realize how much my identity was wrapped up in lacrosse. So the second I was out and I couldn't play, I lost like 25 pounds. I didn't know tequila. No, I mean, I didn't party. I didn't do anything. I was just like straight depressed. And that was a very awakening grow up point for me to be like, okay, like lacrosse is important and it's our identity, but we need to like get our feet on the ground and like understand the world is bigger than lacrosse. So um, I've had a few major checkpoints in my life where, you know, that's when I would go and I've talked to a life coach, go to, um, oh God, you know, intuitives and like just, lean into the spiritual thing, like just kind of learn more about who you are, what you stand for, what you actually care about, what your core values are. And 
get my shit back together and, and get back on track. So no, I've, I, I think I have a do, I do have a confident, strong base and that's with a lot of work and a lot of acknowledging and a constant evolving uh, mindset. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event go down that path with us for a minute. Um, who, who you are, what your values are, what you stand for, Kristen Olson. Yeah, I, well, that's why I put um, human athlete, business person or creative uh, because I, I am me first and that's turmeric and tequila really wasn't like this overly thought branded situation. It's just quite literally, like, I, again, I love the juxtaposition. I love fitness training and then I love party and that's just what it is. I didn't know if it was going to stick or not. People do ask questions. Um, but that's what it is in embracing, uh, those angles and, and being like, yeah, because you know, fitness companies will be like, I don't know about the party zone. Like we show that. And again, that's what I get back to like the human side. I'm like, yes, this is where this wow. world's at. And we're not a fit KO lines for everyone. We are on the trends. We push things and that's what we're good at and what we do. So it's not a fit for all things, but that's authentic to us. Um, so I, you know, I've had some great, uh, I don't even know if they're called life coaches, but coaches re unpacked like core values and understanding, you know, uh, honesty and transparency is my number one core value, which kind of makes sense. Uh, it's a lot of stuff, you know, intuitively, but then when you unpack it, you're like, Oh shit, of course that's what I care about. I didn't know. Um, it was honesty and uh, transparency was number one. Number two was independence, which makes complete sense. And then number three was creativity. And I didn't really know how much I cared about, uh, being creative and fostering that outlet. So once I could really unpack some of these things and foster things that, you know, made me happy, you know, that contributed to my happiness and it helped guide, you know, uh, things that I'm doing now, the podcast, designing shirts, doing little things. Like it kind of made me see what makes me happy and what I should be doing versus like what I, you know, thought was the right path or what made money or what have you. It was more of like fostering my, uh, my real gifts, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. What part of your life is not so perfectly put together as you may have just outlined? And I'm not suggesting all that is perfectly put together. <laughs> None but, of it. Yeah. Right. But, but where is the struggle for you personally that you're aware of, that you've identified? Gosh, you know, I, as I do approach 40, I will say, um, you know, 21 was great. All these younger things were great. And like so many like journey pieces that have been identifying for me now that I, I reflect on and I, I look so positively upon, even though some of them, you know, whip my ass and knock me down. Um, 
I feel more whole and in space and know myself more than I ever have. And I think that does come with age. And so that's why, you know, 40, like, oh man, that's a lot on paper. But I really appreciate all the years and everything it's taken to get to this point. And, and knowing that, and maybe you can identify with this, like the more you learn, the more you're like, oh my God, I know nothing. Like there's so much to learn and go through and all the great people we get to talk to. I'm like, holy shit, I have so much stuff to do. It's so much work. And there's so much great things and so much opportunity out there. It's like, we just need more hours in the day. Um, but it's, what was the initial part of your question? Just want to make sure I circle back. What? Oh, what part was like the, the mess? Yeah. Um, I think it's all a little bit messy, you know, like, especially with, it, if you're, you know, forging new territory, like the podcast and learning audio and learning all this crap that I've never, I'm not an audio person. I'm totally down to sit here and socialize and talk. And like, that's the fun part for me, but you know, audio and zoom and all this electronics and audio engineering, dude, I don't know any of that. And so all those little things that I'm still learning are messy and like they continue to be messy. Um, but if I wasn't doing those things, I think I would be an autopilot. Like, you know, when you get older, you get in a job, you get comfortable, you get a paycheck and it's all just kind of flows, but that sucks because then you're not evolving. You're not, it's not messy. Like it's so clean and put together that it's like not exciting. And I think that's when people get bored or uninspired. And I think the mess is really important. That's like the key piece that, you know, you're pushing the envelope, you know? Yeah, one of your philosophies is Botox the wrinkles and show, <laughs> highlight the scars. Yes. Tell me uh, about it. This, it's so funny because on the cast, I, I always think people want to be like, you know, give me great entrepreneurs. Give me someone that's, you know, done incredible things. And then I get, you know, comments like, tell us about Botox. Where do you, do you use it? What do you do? Like the stuff people want to know about, I'm here for all of it. Um, but it's funny. And so as, again, the caveat, I always like to say, I'm here for like, Botox or surgeries or anything anybody wants to do on the outside, so long as the inside's dialed in. And I like to talk about it because, you know, at 40, I don't know how people, if they consider me, you know, looking old or young or whatever, but, you know, I'll talk about like, I have blonde hair, but I highlight my hair. Uh, I put in energy, my nails aren't done, but like, I do all these things, um, you know, externally, cause it's important to me. That being said, you know, I want young people to know, like, yes, I do Botox. Yes. I, I color my hair. I do all these things. Cause really? That's the truth. Yeah. Because if, if people, like as Beyonce says, you know, I woke up like this, I didn't wake up like this. And, um, you know, today the hair is kind of a mess. I let it be natural. Uh, but I think it's important for people to say, yeah, I do all these things because it's, to me, it's authentic. And again, it's not a moving target for our young people to see like, okay, that's what 40 looks like. Well, some people might look, you know, 32 and they're 40 years old. They might look 10 years younger than me, but I'm just out here to tell you my truth and say, yeah, we do this because, and I actually think, that kind of stuff, taking care of yourself is phenomenal. Like if you walked mm. out and you have a six pack and people are like, oh, did you wake up like that? And you're like, no, I go to the gym six days a week. And this is why. So I think it's important yeah. to highlight what you're doing in your life. So, you know, it's the truth. What I admire and relate to in all of that is um, I'm 46 and I had, when I turned 45, I had a, you know, that was a, a mid milestone where I got slapped in the face metaphorically. And I'm thinking, what? That's just crazy. Yeah. Another, another 45 years and I'll be 90, God willing, right? We should all be so lucky, which I've started saying, um, half of my life is literally over. If I make it to 90, if I live to 90, there's going to be nothing tragic about that, right? People are going to say, how wonderful, right? Yeah. They're going to say, oh, how did he die? 90. That's how he died. 90 took him out. 
chopped him at the feet and took him down. But again, making it to 90, sure, I want to live to 100, 120, whatever. But if I make it to 90, right, and, and I've done my best, that's a, that's a win. So that's my life is half over. So like you were saying earlier, uh, you got you to gotta really evaluate what that means for you personally and say, have you done what you want to be doing? Because now – as I've heard over and over again, life just continues to move, oh, a little quicker. It's the, it's the big humor of life, isn't it? That as it moves on, the quicker it goes. So I could only imagine. But uh, what I wanted to comment on was that you're talking about everything external. And I so admire and appreciate that because I'm in a very s similar spot where anything you do externally only works if the internal, as you said, is dialed in. And for me, for really the first time in my life over these past handful of years, am I there? Prior to that, I was a mess on the inside. And guess what? A mess on the outside, physically, emotionally, spiritually, professionally, personally, all of it, none of it works because you attract who and what you are quite literally. And there's, there's no other way around that. Yeah, it's true. And, I, you know, we talk about a lot about this on um, my podcast because I really wish this was a more of a consciousness for our young people in schools, in curriculum in high schools, you know, talking about relationships and spirituality and nutrition and, you know, life stuff. Like I'm here for calculus and all that that, you know, I've never used in my 40 years, but whatever. Um, there's an app for all those things. But I really think all this life skill stuff, you know, I, I wasn't exposed to it. And, and with sports, you can do like mindfulness and meditation. Like there's a little bit of uh, an exposure there. But until then, like we, we didn't really have that. And I didn't grow up um, in a religious family. I think church can sometimes provide that. But I just think it's important conversation for our young people to be like, time out. What do I actually care about? What, how do I actually feel about something? Let's unpack some of these emotions. Let's unpack some of these traumas and start moving forward. I, you know, all this stuff around core values and everything. And um, it, it's so important because sometimes you don't know until later age about what you really do care about and what's important to you. And even if you make all the money in the world, you know, you work with big clients and stuff. If you're intrinsically unhappy, it doesn't really matter. Like none of that really matters. So it's, it's an important conversation. And I hope, you know, our podcast and some of these conversations really inspire young people that lean in, which I do think they are. I think it's happening a lot earlier. Um, so they can start to ask this, these questions earlier. And I think it's all things are on time. So you all, we all kind of have our timing of breakdown, breakthrough and get your shit together. <laughs> moments. Yeah. And, and part of the win is knowing not to beat yourself up and trust in the process of it all. For example, um, most of my life I've heard about meditation. It just didn't land. I had no interest until I did right yeah. a few, a few years ago when it again came across my radar and I was like, maybe, and then you try it and I'm like, wow, okay, now's the time. I've heard it before. I didn't just discover the thing, but I was ready for it. So it's all in the timing and learning not to beat yourself up. Can you tell me what the idea behind that one big question you, you provide of, is there a better way? What's the uh, foundation of that question? Uh, again, just being in the marketing and branding, just growing up around it and seeing all the smoke and mirrors and, and these ideologies of what we should be doing and who's creating those ideologies. Is it religion? Is it our parents? Is it companies? Right now, again, with so much digital happening and so much digital consumption, I do think a lot of it falls on uh, TV, movies, branding, companies, commercials, Instagram, like so much of that. I mean, you look at Disney where it's, you know, the man comes in and rescues the girl and like, he's got to be the provider and blah, blah, 
blah, blah. And thankfully we have like frozen out now and the love story was between the two sisters and um, what have you, like we're starting to shift those. But you look at some of these ideologies that we grew up with that are so cemented into our realities. It's, it's kind of crazy. And when you realize how much control is outside of your family, outside of your, your mind. Um, there's a phenomenal documentary called The Social Dilemma Out that everybody should watch. Watched it. Watched it recently. Ooh. It's incredible. Go ahead. Yeah, and then you, but you see how much uh, we're walking zombies and we are manipulated by all the things without this consciousness of questioning a better way or questioning what we actually care about. We're kind of like a product, we're a commodity. We're, the in, we're into a means of someone making money off of us. And that's the harsh reality. And, it, you know, I, I kind of had that awakening when I was a lac- lacrosse collegiate athlete. You know, I was a commodity. I couldn't play. Are they going to pay me to, you know, be on scholarship when I'm an injured athlete? And, you know, it's, it's an awakening of you are being monetized this is part of it and you need to question what your reality is versus what you're being told your reality is just like we spoke about earlier when you said reality is nothing more than applied meaning meaning it's our job and responsibility as humans to put the the most beneficial meaning to everything that comes across our awareness right Exactly. Exactly. Where, I mean, it's simple examples. Maybe there's, like I said, women playing men's sports or men now staying at home being um, the caretaker and the wife's the breadwinner or, you know, gay marriage or anything that's kind of outside of status quo. I mean, these things are all real. We just are yet to see them. However, I will say in 2020, one bright note is, you know, a lot of this stuff, you're seeing a lot of it. I mean, you, you hear about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's story and all these incredible humans that were just now starting to unpack all this legacy that they've created. And they started questioning a better way before it was even a thing. I mean, if you really unpack her journey, it's remarkable. And she's a noted feminist. But if you look at one of her first landmark cases, it was actually for men's equality rights around an insurance issue where the company didn't want to pay. Um, his, his wife died during childbirth. And they didn't want to pay for him as a widower because it only covered the female. So it was a landmark case where she was actually fighting for men's equality. Um, and again, this is before any of this heavy conversation in 2020. So it, stuff's going on. We just have to really see what's being highlighted in, in, in what we think is real because that's all that we're seeing. When there's a lot going on, we're just not exposed to it. Walk us through um, my, my brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, founded on the premise that I spent a lifetime hiding behind fear, using that as an excuse to, to cower in the corner and not express everything that I knew darn well I was capable of achieving. Take us through a time that comes to mind when you were confronted with a boatload of fear and you knew you could cower in the corner, but you took a different action to make it to make it work. Oh man, so many. I mean, a lot of times with sports, um, I went to. I was a competitive CrossFitter for over ten years. Still kind of do it, but you know, at one point, I was actually I forwent the individual process. For anyone that knows CrossFit, you can either go as, to the games, which is like the pinnacle of the sport, uh, as an individual, or compete as a team. And I'd always, obviously, to qualify as an individual, it's it's two different things, but it's really really hard to qualify as an individual. Um, and I had missed it like a few years in a row, like qualifying like four out of pe- four people out of every region. Uh, it's a little bit different process now, but I would be like fifth. So I was right outside of it. And then one year I committed to go team and ended up being taken off the team um, for a, a silly thing that happened at a regional, which actually uh, was 
probably my finest athletic moment. Um, follow me if, if you're not a crosser, this might not make sense, but we were at a regional at a team competition and two women had to get muscle ups in order for the team to move on. And I was muscle ups gymnastics are not my situation. I'm, you know, I'm a Swedish Viking heritage. I'm, you know, built to move rock and dig hole and that not gymnastics <laughs> stuff. Um, but one of our athletes was taller and the rings were set low, whatever. So I, and I had done a workout prior that day. And so you have to get a muscle up. And if that, that's where two rings hang and you have to like pull yourself up. So very gymnastics move. Um, I went out there and I was the second girl to go and I couldn't get my second ring muscle up. So that means had we not gotten that, our entire team would have been disqualified and we couldn't have qualified to go to the games. So within two minutes, like, I'm, I mean, have you ever had six people staring at you, five people waiting for you to get this done and you're smoked. Like once, like, have you ever done pushups? Like if you, once you're done, like you, you go to failure, that's it. Somehow within like the last 10 seconds, I got this second muscle up. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that's been in that pressure situation, it's, it's, it's one thing if it's just you, but when you have five people looking at you, knowing that you're going to take away their hopes at something bigger, there's no weight like that. And I don't know how I pulled it off, but I remember just having the mental composure to be like, we're, we're doing this. And, you know, a judge is sitting here looking at you and what have you. Ironically, I got it done. And my coach worried that I wouldn't be able to do muscle ups in the games and took me off the team. Um, and the funny part of that is <laughs> when we did go to the games, it was all heavy meathead stuff, like all the things I'm good at and the team didn't even go on, but it was a very, um, God, it was like, it was traumatic to me. It, honestly, it was probably the biggest betrayal of my life thus far, which I know that sounds dramatic, uh, but I had helped fund this gym. I mean, not fund it. I had helped with strategic partnerships. I helped with all their sponsorships. I helped on the business side. I was a part of the team for over five years. My family went, like, it was just a huge thing. And to this day, not just because it was me, I would say it was the wrong business decision to take me off the team. And I actually think the coach to this day would agree with me. Um, but on the flip side, the learning lessons within it, the identity check, um, I, I was standing in fear. I should have, you know, been training like I was this individual this whole time and not, you know, I think I allowed some part of me to get comfortable being on a team versus like really going 100% every day. Um, it, it was just such a massive learning point, but it really did expose a lot of fears that I had. And on the flip side, the resiliency I had, you know, in this moment to show up as, you know, I college, you're a young kid. I think I was like 35 at the time. So, or 34 ish. I was older, you know, so you're not exposed to these, like, mm. you know, exposing moments as much, you know, when you get older. So it was a really, it was a major checkpoint. I was depressed for like, I don't even know, probably like six months because I had felt like this whole part of my life was taken away. And it was coming off like a moment that was actually, again, my finest athletic moment to that point in my life. It was just viewed you differently from the coach's perspective. So I think all things work out how they need to. Um, but it was a, it was a deep breakdown breakthrough and a deep point of exposing how much fear was in my life. And I wasn't living, you know, a hundred percent and taking these risks, like trainings and like, put it out there, do it. I mean, I think it's so great, you know, that you had that breakdown and you were kind of hiding, but now look at you, you're on the mic. And like this, I mean, this couldn't be more in alignment from my perspective for you. Uh, so it's, it's sure. funny how like these things, these things shove us in the right direction. It's like, no, here's what you need to be doing. Um, so yeah. There's <laughs> how, so there's that. Yeah. How um how do you you balance the the visual appearance of others looking in from the outside versus your desire to look good from the inside? Meaning you you said you do the Botox, which is cool. You do the <laughs> hair, which is cool. Your nails. So you're interested in the external appearance. But I love the connection. Uh, it stands to be repeated. It only is 
is working when you're dialed in on the inside. But how much do you care about what people think looking in from the outside? Well, I, 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 of course, care. And I think that's important. I, you know, you know, branding and marketing and like how you show up, you know, Michael Jordan never walked out of the locker room um, in, without a three-piece suit and put together, even if it was 12 steps to the bus to go home, he was always put together. And I think that's really important. Like how you present yourself, what, you know, what you present your brand is, is important. It's not everything, but it is important. And, and I care for me, like I want to try to look a certain way or, you know, put myself together for a certain way, because it's a representation of myself, my family, the name, I always say the name on the back your jersey is far more important than the name on the front meaning like your you know your team name but then you have your family's name on your back so how you present yourself is is a big deal that being said you know none of it matters i know so many like gorgeous humans guys and girls that are fit and be- and particularly in the fitness and wellness industry anyone that's worked in it knows how messy it really is um there's a lot of issues there and i'm a fitness human so i can say that but there is it can look really really great and still again intrinsically be a hot mess and none of that matters. So I think it's a constant check-in of how do you feel? What's going on? Yes, do all the outside stuff, fine. But really, how do we feel? And I think when you are in alignment, no matter what you do on the outside, when you have that like internal glow, it shows. And you know, being on camera, being on the mic, you can you can excuse me, you can hear it and you can feel it. And I think other people can pick up on it too. Hmm. Well, this has been extraordinary. Um, Before we part, I want to see if we can wrap everything up that we've spoken about for the person tuning in. What would you say still needs to be said, still needs to be heard, is the next thing for the person tuning in that they can take away? Um. be yourself, be, 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 emphasize that human space and branding and marketing. We always talk about, um, telling the story, but I always say, instead of like building out the story and telling, come up with something really great, reveal what's authentically there. Like everything we really are built with all these really incredible, unique gifts and perspectives and, you know, unique experiences, share what's really there, lean into your real authentic human side and as cliche and as, you know, silly as that might sound. I guarantee you anything that's already there is way better than anything I can make up as a marketing branding professional. I'm good at what I do and I'm confident in it. And it's, it it pales in comparison to, you know, the individual humans that we actually are and all the things that are, are within. So, you know, do the outside, do this, present yourself accordingly, but really dig in and lean into who you are, what you're about, and then let that guide your personal professional journey. Before we part, Kristen, how amazing is being a, a podcast host for yourself? The show from the outside looking in is uh, extraordinary. You're having a blast. I know it's getting recognition. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I said I, I've strategically not monetized any angle of it thus far because that's the world we, hang, we, we hail from. I wanted it to be handcuff free, you know, sponsorships. We just wanted it to be completely raw. It is, if it never makes a dollar, which I'm clear on universe, we want this to be a thing because I think this is where my path leads, uh, it leads towards. But if nothing else, the conversations I've had and the value it's provided for my world has been unparalleled to anything else I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm so blessed to uh, have a podcast, to get to have these conversations, to meet people like you and to, you know, just converse on on important things and um, things that are real. And then, you know, be a part of this medium that's changing the world. And, you know, it has immediate access to our young people and old people like and everyone in between that they can, you know, go direct to consumer on what people are actually thinking versus like this, 
monetized marketing filter of, of what businesses are and what they're doing. Um, so it's, it's a blessing. I'm truly, truly grateful to be part of it. And again, have people like you and Larry, another varsity human, uh, introduce us. It's, it's That's been a real blessing all the way around. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. And um, how can people follow up with you, continue the conversation? Check us out. We are on turmericandtequila.com. Uh, Instagram is turmerictequila. And uh, my personal Instagram is Madonna's Hero. I'm a huge Madonna fan. <laughs> so um, the goal is one day she can tell me to be like, take that down. That's ridiculous. Uh, and then KO Alliance is, that's our consulting company. It's KO Alliance, koalliance.com. Um, any one of those, you can find the rest of us. So come check us out. We love hearing about everything that's going on, marketing, branding, businesses, varsity humans, we're out here. I adore it. I adore you, Kristen. I don't think that that's um, a shock, uh, <laughs> but I will say it. Um, and I adore everybody tuning in. Thank you so much for spending your time. It means everything. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend that we're here and uh, hopefully the show can continue on its merry way that way. We're going to do this again before too long. Thank you for joining in. We'll talk soon. Until we meet again, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.